Welcome in to another episode of the True Fit Podcast, where on these podcasts, we believe that for us to learn to become better communicators, teachers, leaders, programmers, strength coaches, CrossFit coaches, we need to become a student first. We're going to be diving into all sorts of the fields of CrossFit and strength conditioning and how you can help your people, your athletes, your members, your clients become fitter and happier. In this episode, I sit down with Blair Soul. Blair's an old friend of mine from Adams State University where we played football together for a year. Um, Blair was a multi-sport high school athlete and collegiate athlete. Um, now he's the track and field recruiter um, and pole vault and strength conditioning coach for the sprinters down in San Antonio at the University of the Incarnate Word. Um, I dive into Blair just a little bit about his philosophy as far as training goes, what he's learned over the years, uh, becoming a strength coach, and how he's continually trying to develop himself to become a fit human being, and then passing along that uh, info to other people. So, hope you guys enjoy. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Dude, how's life going, bro? Well, probably just like you, we're kind of contained and, and not doing much, but uh, yeah. stay busy with what we can and uh, definitely getting back to some uh, basic workouts and stuff like that, but absolutely in, that's for sure. But uh, other than that, just trying to find my way through coaching and, and uh, really personal training has come to a screeching halt. I don't know if yeah. it's for you as well, but uh, I do, uh, you know, one or two individuals a week. But other than that, that's that's about it. So, um, yeah. How about you, man? No, do it. Well, surviving, dude. Um, kind of same same deal, right? It's like uh, any. It, it's really weird because you know we like with the gym. You know, we still have our current members. Um, we've had a couple members put their memberships on hold because financially, right? It's not really. Yeah ideal for them at the moment um but then still i have a couple um you know personal training uh clients that i have on a weekly basis that i'm still um working with but as far as like promoting and trying to get more individuals um you think it would be easy but it's actually not right it's it's like super hard because it's like a delicate situation i'm like i'm not even i'm trying to follow guidelines and i know it hurts the bottom line but i'm in a like and I, it's a weird situation. I'm, I guess it's kind of fortunate where I'm at, where I can, I, I'm still getting paid on a salary by the the UIW by coaching. So that I'm blessed to be able to have that. So I'm not. I have other personal trainer friends that are just like you, and they're like, "Well, I'm. I still got to train, <laughs> you know." So absolutely, absolutely, man. And yeah, I mean, and that's you know that we, you and I both, we can go into a gym. We can take any person by the hand. We could close our eyes and we could take them through a full session, right? But if we, if if you take one client who say you know just has a pair of five pound dumbbells, and then you have another client who says has actually a home gym, and maybe they have a barbell, some pull up, uh, a pull up rack, stuff like that, it's it's a little easier for you to to program around or or to make workouts, I guess, around these individuals off equipment that you're familiar with, you know, but. They're like showing up with all this equipment. They're like, "Yeah, we have this machine." I'm like, "Man, I've never seen that in my life. I don't, even, I don't even know what what to use that for." So, yeah, it's it's definitely been a challenge. Um, we've been using a lot of, uh, I mean, Zoom is now Zoom is now the thing. I wish I would have maybe thought about buying some stock in Zoom back in the right. day, because um, man, everybody and their mom is using it, dude. And it's been uh, it's been pretty helpful for us. Um, so about um weekly we're running at least two to three classes a day um that our members can just hop on and we take them through the workout that we have so there's still kind of that coaching element um where we can lead them through progressions work on skill work if we need a cue and correct that's available um it's just it's not the same dude it's it's so weird man i have one group that i train with and i i've thought about doing that i've been sending them workouts but there it's a usually it's an older group of folks and so i don't think that they would be down with that you know like just i'm pretty old school i don't know if i would enjoy working out and videotaping myself and then getting yelled at through the computer you know 
Sure. <laughs> exactly, man. And it and it does it does create its challenges for sure. I mean, it's like it's it's really hard because like the interaction isn't as intimate, I guess. I mean, it's better than nothing, mm-hmm. right? But like for myself, I'm very personable. I daily when I'd go to class with my members, I'd use the warm-up time to check in with all of them, you know, how are they feeling? How's life? How's work? Mm-hmm. You know, how's the family, stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure like you know, with personal training, man, yeah most of the time is just spent talking, yeah, you know, that, there's very little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's all it is. But um, yeah. So it's like, it, it's kind of hard for me because I'll, I'll be talking to somebody and then other people will be t- chiming in or talking. So there's like, it's like chaotic. Um, um, yeah. Kind of, you know, what about, or wow. I didn't yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so I I think just trying to navigate that's been the hardest part. And and, I mean, you don't you don't even know what to believe, right? At one point, we were going to voluntarily shut down the gym for about two weeks. Um, And then that's when the governor of Colorado then turned right back around. And he's like, yeah, you guys are closed until the end of April. So we're like, okay, we could work with that, you know, but then there's talks of maybe it lasting longer. And yeah, end of end of May, you know, possibly going into summertime. And now that gets really hard because it's like, okay, well, we can't, I mean, we can continue to do stuff like this, but how are people going to value our services? Um, how, how are people still going to value our service, I guess? Are, from, they're getting hit also, you know? Exactly, exactly. And like, yes, this is a necessity. And you and I both know this, this time more than ever is when people need fitness in their life. Um but if people are, you know, without work or if they're having to look financially like this, like we don't know what's going to happen. This really doesn't seem like a necessity for me at this point. I feel that's been that's been kind of kind of difficult as well. So we'll just uh, we'll just put our head down and kind of just keep working, I guess. Persevere and keep a good attitude. You know, everybody's getting hit. We've got to be empathetic and um, especially in the fitness industry, you know, you being good to people is going to pay back, you know, multiplied you know and, and i know it has for you so you're, you're from denver Absolutely. right now correct right yeah so i'm so i'm like a, yeah so i'm i'm in loveland so it's like about an hour okay, north I, don't know of denver. I, I i've lost track of all where all the, the suburbs in, of denver are now I, I thought loveland was right outside but an hour so, so pretty close to fort collins yeah. Yeah, definitely closer to Fort Collins for sure. Um, and and what people get confused uh, confused about is because there is a Loveland ski resort, and that's off I seventy, and so that's directly west of Loveland. So people, I tell them that they're like, "Oh, so you probably go skiing all the time?" I'm like, "Nah, it's about a two hour drive for me." Right. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, so so I've yeah, we've been up in Colorado for a little bit. Took over the gym about three years ago, and and you know everything's been great. And then this kind of came up and just kind of. Just kind of got to redirect, you know what I mean? Just get back. Learn how to hit a curveball. <laughs> Absolutely. And then um, and then you've been down, you're in San Antonio right now, correct? Yeah, I've been there for nine years. That's where I was uh, raised and, uh, you know, basically went to high school and then went to college in Colorado and yeah. I've got, got fortunate enough to, to come back to a Division two program and now we're Division one. So it's been a crazy turn of events and uh but we, we've handled it well and we're, we're the only staff that hasn't been turned over uh except for the swimming staff uh they've also done very well and won some conference championships uh and uh yeah that, so we're the only two staffs that haven't been turned over out of 2023 sports so dang dude that's yeah. awesome man good good for you so so what we'll we'll back up really quick so um for those of you who don't know, I met Blair at Adams State. Um, you were what a junior, I think, when I went into my yeah, freshman year. Were you a junior yeah, or a sophomore? Either, I think it was my redshirt sophomore year. If I, yeah, so I was a junior, but I was a sophomore in football eligibility. That's right. That's right. And then that's kind of where I met you. Um, I didn't really uh, take it serious, so I shortly left um before you got to graduate and stuff and and i think there was uh you were also uh competing in track and field at the time too right with yeah i uh that, that year i for my freshman year i walked on and uh they had a really really good track program at adam state for those that don't know uh i was a football running back and, and slot receiver uh so and pole vaulter in high school so that's where i 
you know, walked on as a, as a pole vaulter and, and ended up earning a little bit of scholarship and, and progressed from there with the, with the help of my coaches, Coach Wallen and Coach Campbell and Coach Martin, who was the head coach. That's awesome, dude. Um, and then, I mean, there was uh, – and I, I always just knew you as a football player, and then, you know, I found out that you pole vaulted and you were a sprinter, and, you know, it was kind of – it was very interesting, to say the least. I mean, I, I always – I was a three-sport athlete as well, and, you know, you – understand the athleticism that comes with it but to be a multi-sport collegiate athlete that's kind of on another level man so I always had a uh, a ton of respect for you um and then I think too and we'll, we'll kind of get into this here in a little bit I'm there was a time I think it was freshman year we were working out in the weight room and they had running backs working out with running backs and whatnot um but I could have sworn dude we were doing front squats and maybe we had like 225 on the bar or 135 or something like that and I was still new to front squats and Olympic lifting and stuff and man you took that thing from the rack dude and you're going ass to grass squats for reps and I was like Jesus bro who is this guy man (laughs) yeah I always took weight room serious I mean that was I mean well, I'll give a little bit of background. In high school, I played three sports or four sports. I played basketball and, and played football, soccer. I was a goalkeeper, uh, led the city in shutouts my senior year and, and, you know, had some success in track as well. We were a small private high school. I know you went to a small private high school as well. Mm-hmm. We always had to kind of compete against the bigger public schools. And, and uh, so my, I wasn't the best student, so that's naturally how I ended up at Adam State. I closed a lot of doors being a, a small running back that didn't have that good of grades mm-hmm. at a private high school. Um, so that kind of held me back a little bit. I um, did pretty well as a running back. If I'd had, I had 2,300 rushing yards and 42 touchdowns. Um, but like I said, bad grades, and I was 175 pounds. So. Um, in Texas, that that's that's lightweight. So um, that's lightweight, dude. I think kickers are bigger than that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there, there, there's uh, you know, 200 pounds is is the average running back walking around. But naturally, I was a pole vaulter, so you couldn't be up at, you know, 185, 190, um, as as a vaulter with my size, with being five ten. So, um, you know, I ended up going to Adam State and, and found a home, and naturally, you had to persevere through some stuff and freshman year to leave and transfer but you know kind of kept my head down and saw the bright parts of it and and worked through it and ended up having some you know opened some doors and 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 track and field rather than football so absolutely dude absolutely well and like I said that's it, it it kind of it kind of sucks like that right it's like you're passionate about several things but I mean especially in college dude that window is so small um yeah you know looking looking back at it now right 10 years already ticked by and we just blinked our eyes, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, you don't think about it at that time, but, you know, you did you did the wise thing. And what was best for you is you took advantage of, of the opportunity that presented itself. You know, there are some people that, you know, do persevere and they stick with it. And it is until their redshirt senior that they finally get on scholarship, you know, but yeah. maybe they could have had a chance at, you know, another sport or, or doing something else. So yeah. um, hindsight, dude, it's always hindsight. And, oh, yeah. and you know, I... I think I think uh, good for you that you that you were able to kind of put everything together um, when you did and and kind of go that route and um, so you did uh, so and and this is where I'm I'm kind of um, where I have a question for you is because you graduated you did undergrad and graduate at Adam State no I just did or, undergrad and then okay uh, once I graduated fifth year senior um, I was looking for jobs in strength and conditioning. Uh, that was mm-hmm. my passion, as you know. That's why I was lifting so much weights in the summer. And uh, there would be times I'd get up to like 265 with front squats, like like five sets of three or like six sets of two and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. We're hitting some singles, but um, I yeah, I was I was really I was actually probably too too focused on the weight room where I should have been more focused on elasticity, uh, sure, and being more mobile. And naturally, I was still flexible, but that didn't help my elasticity you know yeah exactly and so that's where that was probably a downfall of being such a weight room head um Mm -hmm. looking back on it but um but yeah that's uh went into looking for strength conditioning jobs i had an internship lined up at texas state up in san marcos from here which is uh they they were a division one program um okay and uh had it lined up but then 
Coach Seitz, Leo Seitz there, got two, uh, two volunteers. So naturally, he gave the internship to those volunteers. Of course. Jack looking for a job. Uh, for And this was in probably January or February. Uh, I qualified for indoor nationals. Uh, and I saw Coach Dupre, who's our sprints coach still. Uh, she was coaching the first uh, female indoor national qualifier at UIW. And UIW was a school that my mom worked at and that I grew up around. And I grew up going to all the sports camps there uh, because that's where my mom worked. So it was good daycare. So it was mm-hmm. crazy seeing UIW at the national meet. So I ran up to Coach Dupre and started uh, interrogating her on if they had coaching positions available uh, and, and what positions and, and if they needed a strength coach and a pull vault coach and uh, the small world of San Antonio, she actually had a really good relationship with my high school coach um, who had taught her a lot of things about cross country uh, and the cross country officiating as referees. So naturally that was a connection. And, and a few months later, after I kept sending emails and, and Badger and her and Coach Riedel, they, they said, okay, you can come coach pole vaulters and do the strength conditioning for the sprinters. Uh, so that's where nice. I started as a graduate assistant. In the first semester, I didn't, I wasn't even getting paid. I just had hours covered. Uh, they didn't have enough. That, that's how small UIW was being a Division II school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't really getting paid. Uh, I just had my hours covered as a GA. Uh, so then I started personal training at Spectrum Fitness here in San Antonio. And uh, that's where I got into to personal training and uh, would also do bar backing. Uh, and during my freshman and sophomore year of, of grad school, I guess the, the sixth and seventh year of, of education in college. Um, and yeah, so there would be weeks where I would bar back, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, while we're having a, a track meet, so those, there would be days where I'd be working, you know, 18 to 20 hour days. Um, Dang. But just to just to get by and, and make it, um, you know, I had to take out some loans for a vehicle, you know, definitely was a, a, a rough two years as a graduate assistant. But I would definitely say it was worth it um, in, in the grand scheme of things. So. Absolutely, man. Well, and I mean first off, you know, that, that just goes to show, I, I guess, your passion for, for the sport and for what you're wanting to do out of your career. Right. It's like, by all means necessary. Um, you know, and sometimes uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts with strength coaches and, you know, the questions always come up, you know, um, what, what do you say for up and coming internships or those wanting to get into the field? And they keep saying internships, like 100% is internships. And it is, I mean, every, there's, only so many strength programs out there. There's only so much money that goes to strength and conditioning internships, you know? So sometimes you do have to just hustle and, you know, if it's your passion and if it's what you're truly wanting to do, I mean, yeah, that would be beautiful if you got under a well-known strength coach and, you know, you had all of your graduate school paid for and then some. Um, but I mean, if not, like if you just kind of had to go, like roll with the punches. Right. And I mean, you're saying working, you know, 15, 20 hours a day. And I mean, to wake up and kind of do the same thing. Um, you know, I feel, I feel personally, right. Hard work pays off. It all kind of comes back to you. So and that's, that's and good. It definitely wasn't 15, 20 hour days. Like some days, uh, some weeks would be a little bit lighter, but um, sure. Yeah. It definitely was, was a grind at during track season of course um mm-hmm. naturally as a track coach during the summer it's a little bit easier still recruiting and doing all that kind of stuff but uh it's a it's an ebb and flow but you definitely got to know when to put the put the pedal to the metal and get things done and when you absolutely and uh and and so how would you feel your transition is from i mean being being an athlete it's always like those that can't do teach right that's always the saying but you know th- there's some that are just phenomenal athletes but you ask them to teach anybody and they can't do it. And then there's also some that are great athletes, but they're even better coaches. So um, how do you feel your transition was from say being an athlete to now being a coach and kind of carrying that into um, the strength room, especially now with, you know, the basic, I guess, strength principles still lie, but there's always new research coming out on how you can train, 
you know, speed, strength, all that good stuff. Um, you know, so how was that transition for you? I mean, it's been been a difficult one because this has been a time where, you know, when I was in college, if you were lifting heavy, they were still like, all right, you're doing some good fast twitch stuff. Keep it going, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now a lot of the, tra- the, the science is saying you got to be lifting with high velocity uh, to really maximize speed and power gains, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. not that we didn't know that back when I was in college, but. Uh, I wasn't, I guess, focused enough on one sport where we didn't have a good enough strength and conditioning program. There's a lot of reasons why I may not have been able to get into as much, you know, extremely high speed power rather than extremely high strength development. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are all things that I've had to learn um, and, and you know, how each athlete will adapt differently to different, you know, if you have a big guy that will will – feed off of the the strength stuff better you got to feed them you know or if you have a skinny wired person and they want to feed off the the cns and the elastic stuff you got to feed them or or you're going to probably have some complications down the line Um, absolutely but well and i and i think that's where the uh sorry go ahead no no no. what what, i was going to say what uh what what was the next question or what were you going to so no, I, I was just going to say that's that's kind of where it was going to flow kind of the next thing is like understanding the personalization for each individual, right? Like, um, you know, for, for you, you're a personal trainer, but you're also a strength coach. And like, yes, strength coaches, you do map out, say that small block, right? Because there's, I mean, especially with, with track, you, you have two seasons yeah, yeah, and then there's kind of a... Let me touch back on that last one. I had no okay. idea that I wanted to touch back. Okay. On. No, go for it. Go for it. No, you're good, dude. One of the hardest things that I've had to come through with, with like being an athlete and then going to coaching is knowing that all athletes aren't the same and they're all not going to put the same effort into it. Um, you know, just as you probably know, there's going to be people that that'll skip a rep or won't do the home workout when you send it. Um, and, and that's really the thing is, is how I've had to learn to disconnect myself because I was so passionate, as you know. Uh, if the kids came back and they weren't in shape after summer, I, I was pretty frustrated, you know, as any coach would. Mm-hmm. But um, I had to find out real hard that that all the athletes didn't work out as hard as I <laughs> And that, sure. that was something that took me a few years. And, and I was like, why aren't y'all working out in the sun? Why aren't y'all coming back 20 to 30 pounds stronger in all your lifts? Like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Um and I really had to find out to, to kind of step back and say, hey, this is the kids. You know, this is they're doing. I can send them motivational stuff. I can send them Eric Thomas videos all summer. But if they're going to not really want it, um, and a lot of that goes, comes back to, you know, how they're raised and, and if they really have that fire lit on their side. Of them, you know, and that's where I've really changed on my recruitment is I want, I want the kids with the fire uh, that that they don't care what you know, in a grand scheme of things, they just want to come grind. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> no. And I, I 100% agree. And I absolutely love that. And, you know, you could even take you and I for an example, right? Like, I mean, you look at our collegiate careers, mine was, you know, I had my time to shine and then I just drifted off and uh, got complacent, you know, where you just, you stayed hungry and it was like anything you could get, you were getting, you were hitting the weight room hard. Um, you know, you're uh, taking your schooling serious and like you just see, right. There are going to be people and, and there are going to be trickle down. Once you go from high school to college, it's such a small percentage, but still even that small percentage is going to be those that just, you know, thought it would be a good experience or really don't want to give it the hundred percent, the 110%, like some of these other individuals. And that is hard, man. Cause you do, you, your time is money and like you put so much effort into this and you're like, man, this is like the best periodization model I think I've ever had. I'm going to break mm-hmm. it up into these sorts of cycles. Their gains are going to go through the roof. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the program's just the programs. It's, it's the kid's effort that really, or the individual's effort, I guess, is what dictates change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can appreciate kind of how you adapt from there too. And I feel like with your recruiting process, right? That'll definitely pay 
pay itself off, but then also how you connect with individuals as well can almost breed more motivation in them if you know how to handle them and how to deal with them and what is their motivator. Um, You know, are they (laughs) internal, external? Like, how can you approach them? How could you even approach little tweaks in their programming to, to sort of make them work hard. So yeah. And that's I, can, that uh, I wrote on my notes a lot was uh, on the college athletes time was every year, every kid, it, it's, it's all different. You know, you can never coach the, the cookie cutter style of, of program and things like that. And kids are raised different now. The, the whole mentality of, of collegiate athletics is, is different than what it was, you know, even when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's definitely been a challenge because we're, we're a mid-major program. So a lot of kids will kind of see us as like a, a okay, UT or A&M didn't recruit us. We'll go to UIW. And those kids aren't going to succeed anywhere, you know? Naturally, everybody's mm-hmm. like that. You, you probably were disappointed mm-hmm. when UNM didn't recruit you and you went to Adam State. So was I. But at the yep. end of the day, yep. you, we had to take our ego out of the situation and, and you know, do what we had to do and, and work out and do it, you know, get by, you know. And, and so that was the, the biggest thing is, is finding the kids that still have D1 talent, <laughs> but uh, yep. have those intangibles that will help them persevere through college. Um, and that's really the the psychology of what I try to recruit with, but then it's hard to, hard to identify that in the recruiting process or, or sure. it's, it's definitely a challenge. I wouldn't say it's, it's super hard, but it's definitely challenging. It takes a lot of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it definitely does. And I mean, um, anybody can paint, paint a pretty picture, yeah. right? I mean, I, I've, I've seen it with, um, with coaches that I've, that I've had at the gym and even just members, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're all gung ho. They're like, I want to, you know, change my eating. I want to do this. I want to run a marathon, all this stuff. But then once you start to get a plan in place for them, you know, that's when the excuses come out or that's when they're like, no, I was thinking about doing something else or yeah, I really don't think this is for me. And you're like, bro, I mean, what's up with all that fluff you just gave me, man. I was excited. So, so no, it's, it's definitely hard. And I can only imagine, I mean, I've, I've uh, been volunteering at a local high school, just doing some wrestling stuff with them, um, and just kind of just kind of get back into to the sports aspect of it. It's something I miss um, a ton of, and so I've been getting into the room, and um, you know, you see their attitudes sometimes, and it's and it's so hard. Like you almost just want to want to slap them and be like, "Come on, man!" Like I don't think you realize. I don't think you guys realize how how great of an opportunity you have to do high school sports and it's going to go away and you're going to, you're going to not have a a ton of regrets, but you're going to, you're going to be like, man, I wish I would have taken this more serious and then take it to the next level in college where people are like, yeah, you know, I was going to go play at wherever, but I don't really want to do that anymore. And you're like, all right, like that's fair. You know, you're entitled to your own opinion, but understand the shelf life is small. You have the rest of your life to do whatever you want, (laughs) but this shelf life it's four years in high school and four to five years in college. And that's it. You know what I mean? And, and you even look at say what happened with winter sports in the, in, in college, you know what I mean? Who knows if they're going to get their eligibility Mm -hmm. back. It it might, their seasons might've gotten cut and there was no championships. Um, I think there were some conferences that were held. We had one outdoor meet and then the season got canceled. So yeah, there we have we have one kid who is just coming back. This was his senior year for outdoor. So he exhausted his senior year of indoor and he was just, you know, he gra- I think he's graduated in December, like was taking, you know, enough credit hours to to or I guess he was in grad school. Um yeah. and uh yeah, he's going to have to decide, well, do I come back for another full year to compete because they're not just going to allow the kids just to come back in the spring and compete. No, no. I mean, every, everything, everything has a process, right? So it's not like they're going to be like, schools have to decide if they're going to pay the kids too. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So it's, uh, so it's, it's, it's tough, I guess. That's, that's what I'm just getting down to is like, you know, you attitudes from when we were in, when we were in high school and college and now kind of how we see this, it's, it's hard, dude. It's really hard. And you do wish you could just sometimes, you know, slap some sense to them, but you know, there's, there's other methods. Yeah, now, we I try guess. to talk to them as much as we can. And so that's the biggest thing that we've done with our program is we do a boot camp every year. And uh, because it's not a lack of 
you know, education or a lack of resources, especially at a place like UIW, is we just basically give them a boot camp and we're like, these are all the issues you're going to face. And these are all the offices and phone numbers and email addresses and people to talk to and your teammates to talk to. And basically it's a week long of they get to talk with literally everybody on campus that can help them. And we've really had a dramatic decrease in, you know, guys. Usually it's all guys because freshmen, girls that we recruit are usually on point. Uh, but yeah. we can get a three, three, three or three, five guy in high school that gets, gets lost in college. And so, uh, mm-hmm. but well, it's so, it's so hard to, you know what I mean? It's like you, uh, high school to college is so different, right. dude. And there are like, like, college is meant for you to succeed, you know, and there's plenty of resources there exactly like you said. Um, so it's like giving that sort of confidence and giving those tools in the tool belt. I mean, it's the same with, with sports, right? You're not going to have just the head coach, teach the quarterbacks, teach the running backs, linemen, all that stuff. You then go to your specialty sort of resources. And now they're the ones telling you all those minute details to kind of help you, help you succeed. Um, well, cool, man. And then too, so, are you also doing personal training on top of working um, yeah. at the university? Yeah, so I started at Spectrum Fitness, which was like uh, – mm-hmm. they, they started off in San Antonio as like Spectrum or it was like a racquetball and fitness club. And then Spectrum Fitness is out in L.A. They invested okay. in this racquetball and fitness club here in San Antonio and took it over, and they had like 10 gyms. And they were all pretty dang nice gyms. It was another step up uh, from – like gold's gym so you know they would have bathroom monitors towels razors cologne nice showers it was a really nice they had a a kids zone pool uh they were in definitely the more affluent areas of san antonio um that there was there's one that like the san antonio spurs would practice at when their gym was under construction um so there was a there was a handful of them that were really really successful um, and the one that I started at was uh, UIW is uh, right inside uh, San Antonio in Alamo Heights and Terrell Hills, which is a pretty affluent area. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones and David okay. Robinson live there um, and a bunch of other oh, nice. you know, like corporate executives from companies in San Antonio. Um, and so it's pretty fortunate that that's where I kind of put my stakes down as a personal trainer. Um, at that spectrum fitness, but then gold's gym bought them out. So I went from like a level two personal trainer with a kinesiology degree as a grad student, um, with mm-hmm. strength conditioning certifications in track and field and to like where I was making, I think I was making 25 an hour, uh, charging 65 an hour Jeez. to where I was charging like 60 yeah. an hour, making 15 an hour with gold's gym. So I Dang. said, forget that. And I will took all my clients, yeah. <laughs> uh, took them to the wellness center at UIW uh, where they have a little workout gym. Uh, and, and I take them okay. to the track as well. And I built my own little company from then. And uh, now I also do, uh, I'm an independent contractor, personal trainer at the San Antonio country club. Um, and so that's another nice. very nice Avenue. Um, they have a great gym over there and the, the clientele is, is really, really high clientele. Um, so that that's it basically, and it's a block from from UIW. So it's really nice when I can get out of practice and ride my bike over to the San Antonio Country Club, or get out of practice and ride down the street to a nice condo and personal train some some great clients. That's nice, dude. And then with those train uh, personal training clients, um, do you, is there just like uh, is there a specific avatar that you have with those individuals? Are you still training athletes through there? Um, diverse from you know youngins to oldies to people who are in shape out of shape stuff like that most of my clients are just uh normal folks um Mm -hmm. so that's the the biggest thing is yeah most of them are just normal individuals but i do have a handful of of uh friends that that do join my group workout class um talking to you amerigo good work uh he he always he's out there trying to you know stay athletic just as i am um and so he does the workouts and then uh, but yeah, most of the clients are, are just individuals working on general health and, and staying young and, and vibrant. And so we do a good mix of body weight circuits, weightlifting, um, you know, mixed in cardio, but 
my main thing is quality over quantity. So I never really over cardio them. I'd rather somebody be strong and sturdy uh, for life rather than a marathon runner if they don't want to be, you know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, 100% dude. And it, I could definitely 100% agree with that. I mean, I, I understand that there are, there's so many different variables, right. And everyone's goal is going to be different, but I mean, um, we train, you know, I, I like to tell people we're training now for when we're older. Okay. Cause it's inevitable. We're all going to get older and we know what happens when we, when we start to age, um, there just becomes like things that we're unable to do and running around the block. Isn't something that people need to necessarily do lifting things off the floor, putting things on shelves, even lifting themselves up and down the floor, up and down off of the couch um, is of importance. You know what I mean? So if you're kind of um, neglecting that, I'd say on the earlier years, then over time, right, that could start to deteriorate you just a little bit faster. So um, I agree a hundred percent. And I think, uh, and you know, I, I, I want to kind of get into your, to your body weight spill that you had a couple of weeks ago, which kind of prompted all of this um, is you really don't need much to get a good work at end. Right. I mean, like there's all these fancy home gyms and, you know, gyms are there for a reason, right. They are very convenient for most individuals. And, and a lot of people I say in the CrossFit realm or group training realm, they love the community that comes with it. You know, they love having a coach to kind of guide them, whatnot, very similar to, say, you know, uh, strength gyms in college. Um, but, you know, I think you would agree that you really don't need much to stay fit, right? My man. Yeah, man, my bad. Sorry no, about that. Good. Yeah, you're good, dude. You're good. Were Technology, you bro. Me? Dude, you, you said it. You're, you're, not a, you're not a fan with technology, bro, so you're good. Yeah. Well, I had a phone call. We had a phone call that came in, and then it like didn't mute it, but it just really quieted down. So I was trying to turn it back up. So I asked yeah, and that's and that's kind of the hard thing. Like like these platforms, like all these new platforms that are coming out with are great, but then I think there's just some things within them that yeah. um, I don't think people think of, and and that's kind of the hard part. So yeah, no, well, sorry about that, man. I hope you can say that. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's 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 pretty easy anyway. But yeah, um, so I don't I don't know where I got cut off on. You were talking about the uh, body weight circuits, and you were talking about how it wasn't that, that there's you know a lot of different ways that you can get fitness in, but you know the CrossFit community is all about community and. Sure. Yeah. And and I I guess what I was gonna what I was gonna get with you with is is I don't think people I don't think people um understand that you could do so much with very little right so like you were mm-hmm. saying you do a lot of like group training and stuff um um with body weight exercises and stuff like that and but yeah you could still you could still clean you know 245 on cleans you could still squat three plus i mean that's that's all impressive and you were saying you're only a quarter of the time you're in in an actual gym right yeah like i we have a we're for cross country we would just bring the barbells out to the field so a lot of times I just had a little weight workout after uh, we would do some weight training on the field with them. We didn't really have good weight room time. Uh, so uh, us as a program, we just invested in barbells and uh, just kind of had a, 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 you know, we'd bring them out to the turf field or, or do them underneath a covered awning um, and get in our Olympic lifting. Um, we haven't had one injury and nobody's dropped the weights on themselves or nothing like that. You know, it, it kind of hurts us when you can't back squat, but for distance runners, uh, we get by uh, and we're able to to do a lot of ballistic lifts and deadlifts and pulls and things like that uh, that still kind of complement what they need. And, and naturally, during season for a cross-country runner, we're not really squatting. It's really awesome stuff that we do that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then I, I really just, you know, I, I don't have to get in the weight room as much. I'd rather just do some cleans and front squats and and some heavy pulls um i'm not really a a big volume guy so if i get into the weight room and i feel good uh, i'll just hit singles up to where i feel like it's like 85 90 myself and then i'll shut it down um that's been able to to keep me at a level that i'm still you know pretty competitive in in most of the sports i play and and i still feel like i can put down a pretty good 5k so um, absolutely and uh it doesn't hurt just moving and uh, that's the main thing is I want to just keep my mobility and, and movement up. Exactly. And, and, and two things there, right? So one is, you know, it, 
and, and I, and I see this with, with the gym all the time is, you know, people, people think that being sore is good, which yeah. yes, being sore is technically good, but if you are sore to the point that it's disrupting your everyday life, yeah. um, that it's kind of counterproductive, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you, how do you get the most, you know, with, with the least. And that's, I, I think you could agree. That's kind of where strength and conditioning has kind of come to now is it isn't a ton of heavy volume. Um, now it's just going to be short sprint work. Like you said, velocity, ballistic work, stuff like, yeah. like, so, because you do need your athletes to come in the next day and still perform at a high level. Um, I remember there would be days. Um, I think, I think my sophomore year, I think coach Kern had us do the Windler um it's in like we were maxing out like every two weeks or something like that i don't know if you remember that um but man i would come in and i would be so beat up dude and i was like dude you want you want me to squat again like what's what's going on here dude and then you'd go into practice and you're trying to warm up and you're doing you know some dynamic warm-ups and your body just feels like it's just gonna fall apart and you know it didn't really make sense to me until you know, once I got more into sort of CrossFit programming, stuff like that, um, you know, you understand it, it's quality of life, not not the quantity of working out. And I'm sure Coach Kern and all the coaches that, that we work with have, have learned different ways. And then, you know, just as I have when, when I was a coach, you know, I, I those workouts they blessed us with, I was blessing my athletes with, and they, we still had athletes that did well and, and ran fast, but those definitely things that I would change. Uh, about my programming in the earlier days. Um, naturally, we didn't do as much squatting because, uh, and I, I didn't, I lifted with Coach Kern in the summer uh, mm-hmm. mostly because I was with track most of the time during the year. True. I mean, Coach Wallen, there would be summer workouts that I did with him that I couldn't sleep for two days because my back was <laughs> tight, you know? So, um, yeah. and those are from Croc Rose or something like that, you know? So, yeah. There, there, was, there was definitely some, some days that I was like, and there would be workouts for track that I would be sore from on Friday from Monday's leg day. And Jeez, that didn't happen, you know, like, and looking back on it, I could have done probably 10 times more soft tissue work. I didn't do foam rolling for nothing. I didn't cool mm-hmm. down for nothing after college, you know? So there was a lot of things that I could have done a lot better in my personal athletic development that I look back on that I feel like would have negated a lot of that soreness. But when it comes to it, you know, that, that that's all something that you got to live and learn with. So, um, absolutely. You know, well, and, and you bring up a, oh, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, you, you make a solid point. Like, that, like, at that point, right? That's what we knew what was best for us. You know what I mean? Had we known that soft tissue work, um, you know, if there was um, more foam rolling, like, if there was just more instructional videos, say, on foam rolling, a myofascial release, stuff like that, then obviously we probably would have taken advantage of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for what we had available at that time, that's exactly what we had, yeah. you know? And um, I think that you could agree with me here. Like the whole point I wanted to get into say strength conditioning, CrossFit group training, whatever is to use my experiences to help those people to, to help our people now yep. live better lives. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, instead of doing circuit, you know, weights and circuits three days a week with my group, it's usually I hit them hard twice a week. And then we do the third day is just mobility work and soft tissue work and a little bit of cardio and abs, you know? So, um, that, that's kind of how I've changed because, you know, five, 10 years ago, we'd have been done weights, med ball, body weight circuits, you know, if we're doing three workouts a week, um, now I'll, I'll change it up. Maybe we do weights and med balls two days and then we do, um, general, you know, like general core or two circuits. And then we'll do a, a, a really good, uh, Eldoa and, uh, you know, yoga and all that kind of stuff. So. Exactly. No, that's, that, that's awesome, dude. And I, I always love to see kind of the evolution of it. And, you know, I think we got to see it firsthand is, is even from, you know, me going from my high school training days to then college and then kind of, going the personal training route and then eventually getting into say strength and conditioning crossfit sort of realm um it's interesting to see you know and every year there is going to be something different um and you know there are some tried and true methods that'll probably never stay the same or or never change sorry um and then there's others that you look back and you're like man i can't believe i i did that and i mean for for saying the crossfit realm like yeah we're we're programming general metcons. We're programming general strength for, you know, our members at the gym. Um, 
but there's sometimes where I'm like, man, that was awesome. I actually kind of felt like I knew what I was doing. And then there's other times where I'm like, you're such an idiot, dude. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that was a good idea? You, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, no. And I, I just, I guess I could just appreciate the fact that, like you said, like you're, you're willing to learn, you're willing to be, um, you're willing to let your ego kind of stay at the door and be like, no, like it's no longer about how much I know, but how much I actually care for my clients, for my athletes to deliver sort of the best, the, the better product to them, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, one of my main philosophies is I write a workout to change it. So if, if what I'm seeing on uh, with my eyes is not what I wanted on the paper, I uh, immediately change it. And so that's something I've really had to, to coach, you know, if, if I said we're doing 19 or, you know, 15 push-ups, or we're doing, you know, eight power cleans and on, on five, if that power clean is looking dangerous, I say, shut it down or just hit, give me six, you know, or you rarely do that many, but you know, that, 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 that's just an example of, uh, I, from track coach to track coach at, at a really, really high level, you know, they say, right. Exactly. Workout change it and and that's my yep. biggest philosophy is, is i write workouts and if, if my eyes are, are seeing something because somebody had a late night with their kid the night before or they were out partying i'm not going to risk you know i know that it, it, they could go you know, 10 pounds less and and still get a great movement quality in and still get a good workout for that day rather than trying to to you know blast my ego on weights to them you know and and, and up hurting them you know Absolutely. No, dude, I, I love that. And um, I love that philosophy, right? It's it's like, you know, write it or, or programming should be written in pencil, not pen, right? Exactly. It's like, it's just, so you can, you can change it at any point. Um, and two, like I can even say it, I mean, CrossFit, right? We're, we're badass humans, you know, we, we work until we throw up and stuff like that. And, and don't get me wrong, when I first, when I first joined, like I had that mentality. And then even when we first took over, I sort of had that, like, every workout needs to be close to exhaustion, right? Like, I, I knew I, this workout wasn't hard, and if they're not lying on the floor after the workout, um, I didn't do my job. Where slowly over the past year and a half, I, that mindset has changed. It's, it's no longer let's, let's make you throw up every day um, or let's make sure you get every single rep. Um, same thing. If somebody comes in and they're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of beat up from, say, squats or whatever on monday um and then say today's workout's running i'm just gonna tell them hey okay well let's just get on the bike right let's just move today you're here let's make the most out of it um rather than being that hard nose like nope you're you're only gonna get stronger or you know you gotta push when you're tired and all this kind of kind of mental toughness stuff that that is no longer relevant you know what i mean yeah and i think there's places for mental toughness training but it just has to be in a place you know, you have to Absolutely. vary. You have to know when to hit them, how to hit them, and and I mean, it's just like quarter miler training for track and field. You can you, you don't have to run repeat three hundreds or repeat five hundreds every day to have yep. a bunch of fast quarter milers. Most of the really good mm-hmm. programs are running under two hundred, uh, or you know maybe some two fifties and three hundreds touched in there. They might do some some overage work in the off season, um, but but the majority of their work is going to be fast. And, and extremely powerful uh, because that's what fast quarter miles are. Um, and Absolutely. same thing with, with that's my main philosophy is, you know, with, with cardio training is I, I'd rather, you know, have some clients run, you know, repeat hundreds, repeat forties, you know, repeat fifties, uh, then do repeat two hundreds because even yep. in college athletes, repeat two hundreds don't look pretty, you know? So why would I ask normal humans just even even good ones let's go run six to eight two hundreds you know because most likely that's going to be they're going to be get their their shins are going to be a, a harder workout than, than the hammies and quads you know absolutely well and even just running technique too yeah. you know as you get tired it, it becomes sloppier and, oh yeah and, i mean every everything starts from the foot right yeah. and you work your way up your ankles are bad knees are bad hips are bad shoulders are bad yeah. so um no, I, I, I agree with that, dude. I, I love it. Well, let's change gears really quick. Um, I want to kind of talk about your your 
outdoor life that you've been living um and i i feel that probably might be on hold right now too but um, no, i think i'm was... gonna try to do more of that that's that's <laughs> That's right. You, you got to stay six foot. Your, your oars are about six foot. Exactly. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, so when, uh, so, so let me ask you this first, when you're at Adams, were you a fisherman? Did you do fly fishing up there or no? So I, I was always like very active in the outdoors, but I just didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, my dad's an average fisherman. My family's average fisherman. We're not, you know, they, they, we don't have property to go out and hunt or anything like that. So, um, I've really just, and especially in high school, I was doing so much sports that, uh, and I was broke and I didn't really have much money to spend on nice fishing gear. So I got a bunch of hand me downs that wasn't that great. So I never really caught much. I never really got hooked into fishing. Um, so, and in college I was, you know, playing sports, you know, during the fall, during the spring. And then during the summer, I was trying to make some money and, and get big. Uh, so I really didn't take advantage of living in Colorado for three summers uh and and go camping as much nearly as much as i should have i don't even think i went like yeah. two or three times which is a shame um yeah same and so that was extremely disappointing uh so once i got back and and after you know my graduate assistant years and i started getting a little bit of um side income um you know we're, we're very fortunate here in san antonio that we have a, like six to eight rivers uh in this area and, and most of them are super pretty and, and uh, they're, they're legally float. They're, they're traversable bodies of water. Uh, you can't own the river in Texas, so you can float okay. as much as you want. So that was the, that's awesome. I bought a $200 kayak and, and had some, had some above average fishing gear from a, a, a relationship I had. Uh, I learned a lot about fishing from a stock pond. Uh, those are some of the most fun areas to learn how to fish. And, and uh, so I, I went out to a stock pond for about two years and, and got, got leveled up in some, some bank fishing. Uh, and then from there, I, I uh, you know, got the kayak and, and started hitting the rivers um, and then really got hooked on that because of how beautiful the rivers are. You can be out on a hundred dollar oh, yeah. or a hundred degree day and uh, you can find stretches of river where you're not going to get direct sunlight. Uh, and then you're sitting on top of 60 degree water, 65 degree water. And so you just take a dip every, every mile or so. And, uh, it ends up making the day pretty, go, go pretty well. And, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's how I got addicted to it. Um, so I got the, the Medina river fly fishing record. That, that was my first bass ever. So my fishing isn't, isn't super big. Medina river is a, a pretty small river, uh, here, but. Yeah, it was a 5.9 pound bass, and it was my first bass I ever caught. Jeez, uh, you know, dude! Was, uh, that that's what you call luck of fishing. Um, I've, yep. I've caught a few others, you know, you know, between you know two and four pounds. Uh, but I'm really starting to get into carp. There's a whole bunch of carp down here in Texas, and that's those, those sons of guns fight like redfish. So that that's my next next goal. Um, but yeah, I started. I, I decided to start a kayak guide fishing service down the rivers here in texas um for single day and multi-day trips uh it's not white water there's definitely some rapids at some points uh which make it really fun um but some of them can be tricky uh and and oftentimes you'll just get out and walk around on those but yeah it's it's a it's a blast and it definitely you know makes the the summertime a lot better when you can go and get on a river and float down uh, a crystal clear water and and swim all day that's that's awesome dude and and so um you don't guide right i, just I mean started you don't, that. You don't, for fishing so I just, oh you did just started hill country kayak charters uh check it out hillcountrykayakcharters.com um i uh got a relationship there's a, a good kayak company here in san marcus texas diablo paddle sports they have three different uh kayak lines and and they're extremely stable uh, they can basically hold two or three full adults on them, but you, you usually just take them single. Um, and they're, they're great to fly fish off of for anybody that wants to do fly fishing. But, uh, yeah, they, they hold all the gear that you want, and, and uh, they, they can float in about four inches of water. So it's really good when the, when the water gets low in the middle of the summer. But, yeah, I got a partnership with them, and uh, I took my first guided trip out to catch some trout. 
um, there's a gentleman out of Oklahoma, Donovan Cleary. If you're ever in Oklahoma and want to do fly fishing there, he's the guy to hit up. But he wanted to do the Guadalupe. So we went down the Guadalupe and I've taken uh, my wife's aunt out as, as well as, as I've gotten my wife hooked into it. She, she never did any fishing and, and now she's, uh, I haven't taken her out in, in a few months and so I'm in the doghouse. So that, that's how it is. <laughs> Hey, well, just, just, just blame Corona. Yeah, dude. Exactly. That's, that's all, that's all I've been doing. Um, yeah. And I think uh, th- those Diablos that you're talking about, that's uh, that was that recent video that you had posted, yeah, right? They're kind of like kayak paddleboard. Yeah. It's a, uh, you can, you can stand in them so that they're, they're basically modeled off paddleboards, but they're, you have a nice seat and, and storage like, like a kayak. That's awesome, dude. Good stuff, man. I like it. Um, well, heck, dude. When uh, if I ever make make it down there, we're supposed to go to a wedding in in Austin um, in October. Um, so if I ever make it down there, dude, I'm definitely gonna be hitting you up um, to go check it out. I, I love your videos, dude. And and if you guys don't know, you can find Blair on uh, YouTube as well. And it's still is it same? Yeah, Blair. What's your YouTube? adventures? That's what it is. Okay. I knew it was something. I knew it was something fun like that. Um, yeah, I love your videos, dude. They're fun to watch, man. I'll just sit, sit, sit around and just, and just kind of stare. And I mean, I'm right next to the river, but I, I gotta make some time, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna make some time to go, to go get out there. Um, well, the river and where y'all so are you, at, they're, they're a little bit more dangerous because if you go down a mile or two, you probably hit a waterfall or something. So, I mean, up in Colorado, exactly, a lot dude. more uh, altitude change. I get that question a lot. It's like, oh, you're gonna go do it up in the mountains i'm like maybe if there's some reservoirs but i'm not about to, to mm-hmm. hop on a, a, a river in in a mountain pass no or way. something and and get get a get caught in a, a waterfall. get caught in the yeah. dam dude and the much oh, yeah. more jagged well, there <laughs> that's another thing yeah oh dude they're, yeah, they're a little bit a they little, little bit harsher than than the smooth riverbed here in, in uh central texas Absolutely, these these canyons are very uh, unforgiving yeah. to say the least. Um, we've we've floated the Pooter, which is in Fort Collins, a couple times, and um, we've had some adventures to say the least. And I think it's actually a good thing we didn't get any of them on camera yeah. because they would be uh they would be too hard yeah. to watch. But oh, good stuff, dude. Um, well, cool, man. Well, I think that's all I got. If if you got anything else for me, um, anything else you wanted to share, add. Uh, not really. I mean, I, you talked about personal approaches. Uh, that would probably just be, um, you know, big quality over quantity, uh, the neural development over hypertrophy. And then uh, just movement quality over strength qualities. Uh, that's what's going to help people be healthy and live long lives and um, make sure that it's good. So absolutely dude no I, I i love it dude and i i appreciate it and then once once we kind of throw this out there I'll, I'll give it out to some other peeps as well and i'd seen your post um i feel there is like a, a very good uh, a time right now for development for middle school and high school athletes just to get them moving you know what i mean um i feel hopefully maybe in like five ten years there's going to be uh, more availability for strength coaches in high schools but you know for now it's it is what it is. And, and hopefully those that are serious about it and, and want to sort of progress in their sport, they'll be able to reach out to individuals like yourself that are available. Um, you know, but uh, until then it's just kind of, we just well, got to keep putting out what we're doing. I think doing. that's a market you, you, you have a possibility of getting into with uh, that. There's a performance podcast um, that, that I listen to. And this gentleman who runs uh, athletic development groups from uh, basically like six-year-olds all the way through college uh, into adults. So he could literally train people from six-year-olds, but naturally the training for six-year-olds is games. And so I think that that could be something where you get into where it's basically they're out playing tag and and he has a smorgasbord of of basically, uh, uh, you know, just fun equipment, you know, pool noodles, hula hoops, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the, you know, American Ninja Warrior stuff that that kid nowadays sure. he basically has a gym. And, and naturally he says, you know, I, the, the adults are what keep me open, but then the, uh, the kids are, are, are really what, what help pay the bills during a lot of the times of the year. So that's something that Absolutely. I'm thinking about yeah. during like if, if collegiate coaching doesn't work out after a while. 
Yeah, just just switch into that. Well, and I'm sure you could use your 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 kid as an example. Oh, totally. Right? Hopefully. I mean, he's still, years, he's yeah. he's still got a little bit, but I, I'm sure he'll be squatting soon enough. Yeah, he's already he's already doing going, some air going. squats and and uh, some assisted Perfect. squats. You know this. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's your offspring, dude. Of course, of course, he is, dude. But cool, man. Well, dude, it was good talking with you. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Um, this is the first yeah, podcast we, I've ever done. So. Yeah. yeah, dude. Well, you kicked ass, okay, dude. Man. You did really well. And pretty soon you're going to be on like Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and stuff. Just, just make sure you give me like yeah, a shout definitely, out. Man. Thanks for, thanks for the start. I appreciate um, it. Absolutely, dude. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep up with you. And you know, I wish you the best of yeah, luck, man, keep, um, uh, kind of through all keep, this. Keep I, training them good, man. It's good to hear that you, you've. Uh, we all keep learning and and uh, making the best of our experiences. So, yeah, we'll definitely one hundred percent. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And if you're ever in the area, yeah, man. You know. I'm definitely hoping to make a. Whenever I usually go to Colorado, though, I usually stay up in the mountains. So that that's going to be yeah. one of the things. Hopefully, we'll we'll make a trip this this year. And July Fourth was the a really good trip last year. So I might let all the friends know if I'm going to make that trip this year. Okay. Absolutely. Right, Sounds good. Appreciate it, Blair. Bye. We'll talk to you soon.